And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spitaro, and the gang is together again because I am here with Dr. Bill Robinson and Scott H. Gardner. Scott, here I am, Gardner. <laughs> What's happening? Hello. Guys? How's it going? Hail, hail, the gang's all here. It is kind of an event of late. We haven't had, you know, we haven't had the ability to have all three of us present all that often. So, got to grab it when we can. Right. And so, to do something special, it was like uh, I don't know what book I want. <laughs> <laughs> we we really should be. Uh, taking advantage and making it a special episode somehow, but I guess it is special to go back to our roots and just do random books again. So, and that's yeah. what we So That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. Hey, I, See, I turned away from the mic. And that, that Ew, makes me, it's all over me, me now. Think, uh, that makes me think of Elf. When, uh, I don't <laughs> know what, what brings it up. He says, how about work? Make work your new favorite. <laughs> anyway, so looking for something random and being the Marvel's Bronze Age guy that I am, I somehow, I don't know why, but I was just kind of pulled towards the old Black Goliath series. And I said, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to do issue number four where he fights the Stilt Man until I realized I've already done issue number four where he fights the Stilt Man. <laughs> so I grabbed issue number five where he doesn't fight the Stilt Man. But still, man's still in it. He's in it in a uh, cameo sort of role, but he's not fighting Black Goliath because issue four ended with him getting shot from some gun that Stiltman had that shot him with a Z-ray, and they weren't sure if he was disintegrated or transported or what the deal was, but he was gone at the end, which does not seem very Stiltman-like to me, if I remember right. He's just kind of like a a more... type of villain and i can't imagine that he has this z-ray but anyway this issue when, is from when you said uh, he was gone man it made me want to do uh dennis hopper he was gone man sorry and and i, I think on a much much sadder uh level i think of the 1972 olympics when uh oh. was it jim uh not jim nance jim uh i can't even think of what his name is Shooter. jim mckay Barrow. Jim McKay. Jim McKay was announcing it. it was, or, or was it Vince Scully? <laughs> anyway, it just, it just uh, you know, when he announced it, he just says they're gone. They're all gone with the uh, Olympic athletes who had been killed. That's that's the line that it always brings me to. Uh, so, on a happy note like that, <laughs> uh, 
Way to go, Paul. My Goliath number five <laughs> was November of 1976, and just for what it's worth, there was not going to be an issue number six. Uh, the the uh, cover by Gil Kane shows Black Goliath fighting with a previously unknown uh, dude who's... He's green-skinned. He looks kind of like John Johns in a gladiator outfit and carrying an axe. Uh, and the two of them are battling, and then there's uh, the uh, love interest and her nephew for Black Goliath on the floor kind of watching this go on. And the dude is saying, you may be a giant in your world, Goliath, but in mine, you're merely one more foe, one more vanquished foe. And it says, two innocent lives hang in the balance while titans rage. And you know, just looking at the cover, Gil Kane is one of my favorite artists looking back. But I don't know that he's a cover artist, even though, as we've done some of our year in reviews, he's done a phenomenal number of covers. But I think his, his, his strength is more in the action and in the storytelling than it is in the poster image. So I'm not sure that he's the, he's the right guy to be doing all these covers, but, you know, this, this is... Uh, 40-some-odd years in hindsight, so I guess it doesn't really matter now. I do like the cover, uh, but I just, again, it, I just don't know if it's exactly what they should have been looking for. So what you're, telling, so story, what you're saying to Gil Kane is don't don't quit your day day job, right? I think Gil Kane made quite a fine living as a comic <laughs> artist, and, and uh, Gil is no longer with us, so that's that. So the story is written by Chris Claremont. The artist is Keith Pollard. The letterer is Irv Watanabe, colored by Bonnie Wilford. Is any relation to Wilford Brimley? I don't know. Uh, and edited by Archie. You know, his Good name is actually Will Ford. Bonnie Wilford is, is no, the colorist. No, Will, Will Ford. It's Will Ford Brimley, not Will Fred. I discovered well, that re- recently on the podcast. I've been saying it wrong all these years myself. But the colorist of this is Will Ford, Bonnie Will Ford. But you said Will. But you said Will Fred. You know what? I'll pronounce it however I want to pronounce it. You say Will Fred. I say Will But I pronounce it Janowski. Anyway, you may continue. I I I will not be Billis Interruptus. I guess. So it's spelled Raymond Luxury Yacht, but it's pronounced Throat Wobbler Mangrove. Mine, mine was a George Carlin line. line. He <laughs> talked about, uh, you know, you, you're, you're, you're entitled to pronounce your name however you want. Just, they spell it S-M-I-T-H, but I pronounce it Janowski. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the story opens up on a planet called Kirgar, and it is the personal log of a gentleman who we're going to meet during the course of this, uh, Dirath McCollin. Uh, <laughs> It's easy for you to say. And his his log is no, it's not. His log is talking about what a living hell this planet is. And as he as we're reading his log, we zoom in over four panels to Black Goliath and uh, his two companions, who is Celia and I don't even remember what the kid's name is. Kid. So, yeah, kid. And uh, then we have a flashback showing how he was fighting Stiltman, and Stiltman shot him with his incomparable Z-Ray, uh, which caused them to uh, to be transported to this planet. And 
when they got there, they, they were greeted with the very harsh weather, and Goliath protected the two of them from it. Uh, and the kid's name is Keith, by the way. Uh, and then they fell asleep, and then while they were sleeping, this this person who cannot pronounce, uh, this, this alien whose name I cannot pronounce, approaches, throat, and he's got throat these Throat wobbler ten- mangrove. Yes. <laughs> he, he's got these tendrils, and he puts one tendril by Black Goliath's head and he says, no, no, that's too too hot. Then he goes by Celia's head and he says, no, no, that's too cold. Then he goes by Keith's head and says, oh, his mind is adap- adaptable and he's just right. And then Keith wakes up and calls out and they see uh, Throat Wobbler Mangrove and he looks to be some sort of a monster. So Goliath grows and, and is ready to confront him, but they have a little dialogue between them. Whoa, what is that guy saying? And no, shit, kill... no kill I. <laughs> no kill I. I love that. <laughs> Please. <laughs> That's reminiscent of something. Uh, anyway, uh, eventually they come to a realization that what he was doing was just trying to uh, extract the English language from uh, Keith's mind so that he could communicate with them. Right. Uh, and once he does so, he talks to them and he explains his situation that he's been uh, stuck there himself and he needs to get off the planet. <coughs> Tell us more, Mr. Mangrove. Uh, and that he, you know he he they could help each other to do this, uh, but before they do so, Cecilia is cold and uh, throat wrangler makes a uh, <laughs> Madame Viper costume for her to keep her warm. <laughs> <laughs> it actually looks they, a little bit like Rogue's original outfit too. A hmm. little bit, a little bit. And then uh, they get they get attacked by a giant saber toothed tiger with not saber tooth. Yeah, no, he's got saber teeth. And then saber he's, he's, yeah, he's, saber also, yeah, he's also got horns tiger. along his back and along his tail. Uh, but Throat Mangler shoots him with a uh, <clears throat> with with a gun and takes him out. And she's all upset, and she's crying, and Goliath hugs her, and they, they make sweet love. Oh, no, they don't actually do that. But they... Uh, they Oh, the kid's st- got a little outfit, too. Oh. Yeah, he's got his own little Viper outfit. So then, then we have an interlude where we're joined by some dude, and this page looks like it's drawn by a totally different artist, to be honest yep. with you. And he, he opens up some sort of top secret thing from Stark International, and there's a bright light, and he disappears uh, as if he had never been. And then we cut back to our original story, where the group uh, which comes is good a because I, I feel like his story's never gonna get resolved. Either. <laughs> <laughs> he disappeared, and he'll never come back, and no one cares. <laughs> he doesn't look like anybody anybody would care about anyway. So, so we come across some sort of ancient pyramid that goes down a mile into the ground, according to Throat Mangler, and uh, they they enter. But we also see that there's some sort of a guardian uh, that's there, and their presence awakens him. And they come in, and things things are a little bit more earth-like than I would expect. I mean, it's it's definitely a high-tech area, but there's a light switch that they turn on. It just doesn't seem you know, as alien as I would expect. That guardian uh, looks like George the Animal Steel. The maybe if there was a turnbuckle there, then we'd know. yeah, he would bite it. Yeah. <laughs> so they start to make make uh, 
their way into this lab and they're going to put together the things that they need to uh, send them send them back to their respective homes and as they do so uh, Goliath and Cecilia decide to go off and make some sweet sweet love uh, and while they're doing so because it's pretty stupid for them to do it at this moment but while they're doing so the Guardian comes up and is ready to put an axe into Cecilia's back but oh. Throat Mangler pushes them both aside and takes the axe in his own back killing him wow. Jeez. So, had they just kind of stayed alert and not decided that it was time for lovemaking, Doctor Jones, uh, they would, uh, they'd st- <laughs> he would still be alive. Anyway, moving on, uh, Goliath battles. I go to the great unknown first, Goliath. <laughs> Goliath battles this creature, and he does some kind of things where he shrinks down and then grows big again and whatever. Celia picks up a gun and and uh, shoots him, which slows him down a little bit. Goliath breaks free from him and gives him a uh, a Sunday punch and says, "This is for Dirath," which he, I don't he didn't even know his name was Throat Mangler. Uh, <laughs> then then they uh, it turns out that the Guardian is a robot, which upsets them even more. They acknowledge that uh, that Throat Mangler is dead. Uh, he they owe him a debt they can never repay. They they more than owe him a debt they can never repay. They caused his death. Anyway. Yep. It leaves off that they're going to put the equipment together and go home. And it's Keith. Keith takes uh, Throat Mangler's uh, log and decides he's going to keep keep putting entries into it until uh, they can get it to to his family. Of course, I'm not sure what he's going to put in it after they leave there because he, the guy's dead. What else are they going to say? Anyway, until, until uh, its battery runs out and it becomes a coaster or something. Yeah, there you go. So on the letters page, they acknowledge that this is the last issue, and they mention something about he may pop up in some other book. Uh, eventually, he pops up in Champions. But what I about the guy that disappeared? Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's what's his name? I don't even remember. Uh, bad bad. Jolton, Brown? Jolton Jerry Washington. He's going to make Jolton. him as rich as sin. But look hmm. at the artwork on that page compared to the rest of the book. It's very different looking. Should I do a search for Jolton Jerry Washington Marvel Comics? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. So, uh, you know, overall I thought this was kind of you know, standard Bronze Age not too not too heavy, but you know, just about what you'd expect from just a run-of-the-mill book of the day. Uh, It's an enjoyable read, but it's not very deep. Uh, I wonder if this had gone on, if we, you know, where we would have gone with this story, if we would have seen much more. I assume we would have had a rematch with the Stilt Man, and uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if we would have gone back to to this creature's world or somehow, you know, there probably would have been a lot more things that could have happened out of this story. But we, who, it was, it was not to be. Sorry. Did Did you find something on him? I'm still looking. There appears to be a lot more than I thought there was going to be. Really. Well, yeah. I uh, I got a real kick out of this because I I like this character uh, Black Goliath and I I, I kind of like him from this incarnation and I knew him from I was just looking this up it actually turns out that this is a later appearance and very very likely his next appearance after this issue although I don't know for sure but with uh, just a couple of months. After this issue came out, 
um, Black Goliath was the guest star with The Thing in Marvel 2-in-1 number 24. Mm. And I had an old coverless copy of this when I was a kid, and this was my introduction to the character. And as would often happen with things like, you know, Marvel 2-in-1 or Marvel Team-Up or Brave and the Bold or whatever is, you know, as a kid reading those issues, whoever the, the guest star was that was teaming up with, you know, the main hero... I always had the impression because they were the guests that they must have been a big deal, you know, and obviously Black Goliath, you know, he'd already lost his book, so he wasn't really a big deal at all, but it gave me the impression that he was, you know, and I always remembered this, uh, the opening splash to that particular issue where, you know, Black Goliath, you know, in his, in his day persona of, uh, what was it, Bill Foster or whatever, mm-hmm. You know, he's dressed as a scientist, he's he's at the controls of some machine, and then in the background, there was like a video feed of the thing. I don't know if it was in a special chamber, or if he really was on another planet, but he was like testing some sort of, like, atmospheric get-up for them or something like that. That's all I can really remember about it, but then they end up teaming up together, and I think they fight like a like an experimental tank or something like that. But I, I remember reading that issue a million times when I was a kid. I, I Unfortunately, I don't remember a lot about it now. It's been a long time since I read it. But I always thought it was cool. And I, I always liked Black Goliath. I always thought he was really... I thought he had a cool outfit, except for that stupid cutout in his midriff, which I never <laughs> understood. I guess he was just showing off the, the fact that he had really good abs or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I never never got that. But eventually they did away with that. But I, I never understood why they killed off the character, frankly. I, I, I always thought, you know, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say I'm a fan of the character because I don't even know if he had enough appearances to make me a fan. Uh, but I always found him to be interesting the way he was presented. He seemed, you know, he, he seemed like a likable character. Uh, and, and I hadn't yeah. realized when I first started reading this how far back his history went in issues of the Avengers. You know, Bill Foster, not black goliath that that you know oh yeah the goliath thing didn't come till much later but you know he he had quite a history and there's a few characters that 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 was the case with that i i became aware of them in their superhero uh persona and didn't realize how long they were around before that so you know that would include him carol danvers uh and bobby morse those are the three that come to mind right off the bat i didn't i didn't realize how how long all three of them had been around uh, before you know, before they actually had superhero identities, but I, you know, I I, I enjoyed the character. I, I you know, I, I decided at one point that you know I wanted all five issues of his series, and I I did go back and get that. Uh, but you know, it, it's 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 a shame that it didn't sell well enough. I do understand some of the criticism of you know you don't really need to make him black goliath and eventually they said you know you know we'll just call him goliath uh <laughs> that was good enough right. you know it, it's fine with black panther because a black panther is a specific type of panther right but other characters where they feel to put the name the word black at the beginning uh you know it, it just seems like a lack of imagination you know even, well, I really even black light that in that matter. You know, in the recent uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier series on Disney Plus, uh, they actually make that joke where somebody calls the Falcon the Black Falcon, 
And I, I thought that was clever. It was a nice acknowledgement of that trope, you know, from back in the day. I, I thought that was pretty clever the way that, you know, they, they played on that for just a moment. Because, yeah, you're right. I never quite understood that either. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I feel like naming characters that way would only fuel the potential for closed-minded parents to say, well, I don't want you to read this. I want you to read this about these white characters. Uh, you know, whereas, you know, if it's a good book coming out, you shouldn't care. Uh, and I don't mean to be on a pedestal preaching about this. You know, I'm, I'm not the most woke guy in the world, but I do believe that you're better off just, you know, just present good stories and don't worry about, you know, having to distinguish it that way. Right. I think I think it's a smarter way to present it, and I think it would have reached a larger audience. Although I, I like to think people are better than to say, "Oh, don't read that because it's got a black character." But you know, you don't know what, what people were thinking, especially back then. I think people are more open-minded now than they were then. Right. So, you know, I I, I think that it was it was a mistake, as far as I'm concerned. And I think it's a mistake they've acknowledged, like you say. Right. But anyway. All right, Instead you ready for some Jolt and Jerry Washington info? When I just <laughs> looked up Jolt and Jerry Washington, it said he only appeared in, in this issue and the previous one. Thanks for stealing my thunder, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, moving okay. on. <laughs> you said something about, oh, there were more appearances. So I thought, okay, that'll be cool. You're going to well, tell I me was gonna, I, I, I was going to make it seem like it was something big, and then I was going to read this one sentence and then be like, yeah, that's it. And, you know, uh, Thanks for killing a bit. Good night, everybody. All right, let's do that over so again. I'll edit it out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Leave it in now. You know, no, no, it's okay. Yeah, that so was. I mean, he's he's just like the bum that that vaporizes himself in yeah. City on the Edge of uh, Forever, right? Well, it does explain what he discovered, uh, oh, at okay. least in this write-up I found. Because yeah, he's got two appearances: Black Live Four, and he's mentioned. He's not even seen. He's mentioned in the Champions Volume One, Number Twelve. In. Uh, uh, entitled did someone say the stranger because he had discovered the stranger's null lie bomb which he planned to sell to make an extra buck despite the inherent danger of the vice and the fact that selling was probably illegal and extremely and certainly dangerous this plan did not go well for him the bomb consumed jerry washington killing him who wrote the champions wasn't that chris claremont probably i think he wrote some of them i think bill mantlow wrote some also i'll tell you in a second that was written by bill mantlow Okay, because I know often, you know, there, it's, it's only really seemed Wait, to Charles come to Nelson light. Riley? It seems really to only have come to light, you know, with with the advent of the internet. But somebody, I was reading this somewhere, and it was actually really fascinating history about storylines that got cut off because of usually because of like a cancellation. Of a, of a title you know something mm. was started but then never resolved or, or so we often thought i think but a lot of times one is the the elf in the defenders that they just wrote off by having him get hit by a truck right <laughs> but sometimes those stories would actually get resolved somewhere else later on uh you know in another title and it was a, it was an article that was was trying to kind of trace the history of that and and you know point out the instances where that had happened and there were actually quite a few of them so i think you know without 
having read that other champions issue, or at least not having read it in a long time, that, that sounds like that's probably what happened is that this was the seeds of a, you know, setting something up for a, for a later issue of black Goliath that never got published, but they didn't, you know, they didn't waste it. They ended up using it later on in, uh, in champions. So yeah, that's, that's actually kind of, kind of cool when that happens, man, Paul, you, you were just killing me because uh, like, I was thinking about doing something with Elf with a gun, but hey, you just told everybody what happens. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna kill you some more just to play the the uh, the alien. Uh, what's his name? Throat Mangro- Mangrove. He's uh, he's part of the Escarvery, <laughs> and uh, they actually do appear. the The one character obviously died in this issue, so he's he's done. But the the that particular alien breed appears in Quasar, Thor, uh, and Guardians mm. of the Galaxy. Huh. Now mm. let me ask you something. Oh, let me let me correct that. On Guardians uh, of the Galaxy, they appear in the cartoon, not in the comic. Oh, okay. I'm curious if I'm the only one who, up until the moment he's actually killed, thought that Darath was a bad guy. Like, like he was setting them up, like, because it it just seemed like that's where the story was going. Like they were a little too trusting of this guy, and I really thought maybe a little in the, in the beginning, yeah. And they, they did they did reach an accord very quickly, but uh, I just I I, it, I don't know. It didn't occur to me that he might turn out to be a bad guy. I, I really did think so, pretty much right up until he he gets the axe in the back. And, and dies, you know, saving uh, their lives. And then so at the end of the issue where, um, or actually is it at the end of the, or maybe it's during that sequence, there's there's at some point where the girlfriend, what was her name? Celia? Regina? She says something. Oh, actually, it's, it's just Regina. before Jurath gets killed. She says, uh, she, you know, they're, as you say, they, they've gone off for some nookie together, and they're kind of cuddling there, and she says, uh, it's funny, I didn't trust Durath at first, uh, but now that we've been through so much together, I she says, I like him, I guess, and then Black Goliath says, see what happens when you judge somebody by what, uh, by what he is instead of what he looks like. By their tentacles. And so, you know, that that's actually kind of um, profound. I don't know. Profound, yeah, I guess profound because I I don't know if I was necessarily judging him by his looks, but it's just for me it was a case of too many comic book syndrome. I just I kept mm. thinking, oh, this is all very convenient, you know. And and there was a little bit of the Star Trek six in there where I kept going, you know, he's going out of his way to help them, but what are they doing for you know what what does he need them for, you know? So you're so thinking I kept, he's Iman. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You know, like he, he's he's helping them and he's leading them, but there there were sinis- you know there was a sinister reason behind it all. But then it turned out, nope, he actually was just a nice guy trying to help everybody out and pays the ultimate price for it. So it had a little bit of you know it had a little bit of awe to the end of it. I mean, it's not it's not a great book, it's not a great story, but you know I enjoyed it for what it was, and I you know I genuinely feel bad for the guy at the end of the story that he's dead, you know, especially yeah. because you know here the so-called superhero is the reason he's dead. If he had been 
you know, on the lookout or, or whatever, you know, <laughs> instead of off. He hadn't gotten some any for a while, and, you know, you got to forgive him. <laughs> 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 he just couldn't wait. Yep, pretty much. Need it now. I need it, baby. I need it bad. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I mean, it was really, it did strike me as extremely uh, just careless of them to just, hey, you know what, we're in this giant place. Let's lay down on the floor and make love. (laughs) On the cold, hard floor. (laughs) It's like, what the hell are you thinking? You're making the thing to go back to Earth. Wait till you get back. <laughs> In a nice bed. Yeah, you know you can't. Hey, we, you know, we had we made sweet, sweet love on an alien world. Not everybody could say that. Not everybody could say they got their alien guide killed either. I guess while they were making sweet, sweet love. You know, I mean, from a story point of view, you could have her turn out to be pregnant, and then because she got pregnant on a strange world, the baby's like mutated into some kind of weird creature you know you could you could have some fun with that <laughs> i don't think they were ever going to go there though <laughs> and so uh let's see the cover i like the image on the cover and i always like some gil Kane. but like, like i said I, I don't know that this is an ideal choice for the cover um i'm gonna say you know it's a b it, it could be better but it's still pretty good because it's, you know, I still like Gil Kane. But I, I I did not have the same respect for Gil Kane's work when I was 12 that I do now. Uh, and if you're trying to, you know, uh, trying to pull in that 12-year-old audience, I don't know if this is the cover to get them for what that's worth. The interior art, overall, I think it's fairly good. You know, I think Pollard did a nice job. Excuse me. Uh, with everything, I think even even like his uh, his work on that guardian character, uh, you know, there's a lot more detail to his outfit and everything than, than what we see on the cover. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's pretty cool uh, when he comes to life. You know, the eyes open up, but they're lifeless eyes. I kind of like the look. Some of the angles that he chooses in certain shots are, are pretty, you know, pretty dynamic. Uh, the, like a doll's eyes. <laughs> Like a shark size, uh, you know, and, and the you know the it almost looks like this Kirby tech in this uh, world that they go to. Uh, so you know, there's a lot going on. I think the overall art is pretty good. I don't like the one page with uh, with what's his name, the disappearing dude. Uh, I, I just for some reason that art looks totally different. I'm thinking it's inked by somebody else. Uh, but overall, I, I kind of like the art throughout. I'm going to say a B on the art as well. Uh, and the story, it's you know, it, it's serviceable. It does the job. It's interesting. It's fun. Uh, it's not too deep. But then, like you say, there are some uh, some more poignant thoughts that are brought out in it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a B on that also, and I'm just gonna go B all around on this book. Cool. Well, I'll go uh, next, Mike. Scott, uh, were you gonna mention some of the ads? You said something about the ads. Uh, I, I just I thought if it came up during the conversation, but uh, I was just looking. I was just noting some of the ads. And, you know, the one on the inside front cover was fun because we talked about this uh, some episodes back about the the uh, the Mead notebooks mm. and like trapper keeper type things and all that that were based on um, 
you know, pretty contemporaneous Marvel covers uh, of that time. I, I thought those were neat because I remember these when these were out. I, I think I actually had a couple of them. So there was that. And then there was there's an ad in here that I always would see in these books that always tickles me. It's the one for, um, again, like the, the loose leaf binders and stuff. But there's a stamp album and different things. But they have these life-size movable hang-ups are what they're called and they're like posable cardboard mm-hmm. cutout type things and and the two that are shown <laughs> large and in charge are um I, I presume this is caesar from planet of the apes or uh, either caesar or um um it's, cornelius it's cornelius because he's got the tunic on of the right yeah, like Cornelius and Spider-Man. And it's just funny. <laughs> that just screams Marvel. Together. It's like, that would be a Marvel team-up issue I would love to have read right there. <laughs> Spider-Man and the Planet of the Apes, you know? <laughs> well, this may be contemporaneous with Marvel actually putting out a Planet of the Apes comic. Hmm. Right. I'm not sure right. the dates on that or on the dates of the uh, magazine, which actually ran longer than the comic. Yeah, it's so. it's probably right around the same time because this is what seventy six, and I think yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Apes ran right up until like just before Star Wars, I think. So yeah, right right around that same general time era. But oh, and here I thought you wanted to do the Hostess Twinkies ad. <laughs> Spider Man and the Fly. The spot the Fly has got one goofy goofy looking outfit. It's it's made it even more goofy in this particular. Uh... <laughs> I think this is Ross Andrew, uh, this particular ca- cartoon. Uh, but I think he, he went out of his way to, to goof it up a little bit more. He made his eyes even bigger than they are in the comics. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Right. I, I, I have owned, I don't think I have it any longer, though. I'm just looking. The, uh, the World Encyclopedia of Comics that there's the ad for. I don't know what happened. Oh, no, I do still have it. I got it. Yeah, I've never even seen that book. I've seen this ad before, but I've never, I've never actually seen the book. Well, next time you're at my house. Yeah. Stan Lee presents the Mighty Marvel Comics Strength and Fitness book, and it looks like Spider-Man's like, ah, well, he's just doing a leg lift. Hulk has got little weights. Uh, Medusa's flexing her hair. I don't know. <laughs> So as far as the cover goes, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I love me some Gil Kane, but this isn't really an example of his best work, I, I don't think. And I, and I don't know that it really works with the story inside. I can understand when they when they get a different artist, usually like a really hot artist, to do a cover if maybe the interior art's not that great. But in this case, you've got Keith Pollard on the on the interior art, so I, you know, why why not have him do the cover? But sometimes I wonder if these covers weren't done well in advance before they even knew who the interior team was going to be, or something like that. I don't know. But this this one looks a little bit odd. And what's her name, Celia, and the kid down in the corner almost look like they're like photoshopped into the cover. They almost look like they don't actually belong as part of this art. It's it's kind of weird in that sense. So like they were yeah. added as an afterthought. Yeah, yeah. It's just it has yeah. just a, a real like cut and paste quality to it. The, the at least the the image I'm looking at. So I mean, it, it's not bad or anything. It's just I don't know. It's it's not great and it doesn't really 
give you much of like what what you're going to find inside. I, I think it's actually a little bit misleading in that sense. So I don't know. I would say uh, I probably just go like a C plus on it. I mean, it's it's a better than average cover. Um, I don't know that it would have necessarily made me you know snatch it off the stands. As a matter of fact. I do believe over the years I've seen all five issues of Black Goliath in the cheap bins, and there's only one of them that I own, and that's because it's uh, a Rich Buckler. It's the issue before this, issue four I have, but the other ones I've I've never bothered to actually pull the trigger on. But now having read this issue, I you know I probably would add it to my collection if I saw it again, you know, at some point because I I do I love me some Keith Pollard, which you know so that brings me to the interior uh, on this. Now, I agree, you know, the, the art's a little wonky, it's a little inconsistent from place to place, but overall, um, I do think it's very dynamic, and I, I end up, you know, Keith Pollard is, is one of those kind of forgotten, and maybe he's one that we need to do a, a special spotlight show on sometime, looking at his career, because he's one of those guys that I, I tend to forget about myself, but then whenever I'm reminded of him, whenever, you know, we do an issue with his art, or... or he comes up in conversation or whatever, or whenever I see some of his stuff, I instantly always have the same thought is that, you know, he's like uh, Marlon Brando. You know, he could have been a contender. I think this guy could have been the next George Perez, you know, and, and they were, you know, they were contemporaneous, you know, they were, uh, you know, both working at the same time. So I just, I don't know what it is. I mean, the guy for it seemed like he was on the road to, you know, to comic book, stardom and then i don't know he just kind of fizzled or disappeared or something i'm not really sure whatever happened to him but whenever i see his stuff i mean i generally really like it i think he you know he's got a really dynamic style to him and a, and a really good sense of um you know how to how to play with the characters and how to you know make things flow and move and uh you know, his action scenes are, are really cool, and he's got a really good sense of, like, Kirby tech. You know, that, you know, when they go into the, you know, to the lab thing, whatever it's supposed to be there, you know, just the way the, that whole thing is laid out. I mean, that's something right out of, um, actually, it's it's very George Perez-like when Perez would, would do his riff on Kirby tech, like in the Avengers, or like we saw in that one issue of uh, of Man Wolf, you know that sort of thing. It, it has that very same kind of feel to it. Um, I think this is a little more normalized than than some of the really far out Kirby tech, but you know it's it's still in that same vein. So I don't know the guy. I mean, the guy really had chops. So it, it's a shame that uh, you know he he didn't get you know he didn't end up with the the rep and everything that uh, you know other guys of his same period like uh, you know like Byrne or like Perez or you know Frank Miller any of those guys wound up with because I think he for a time I think he was right there with them and I'm not sure exactly what happened but. Anyway, um, for the art on this particular one, I, I really dig this. I, I would say, uh, I'll say a strong B on this. Because, I mean, I've definitely seen better by him. I'm really curious if this, you know, he's the only artist listed here. So does that mean he did everything? Because maybe with a, with a strong inker, it could have been a little bit better, a little tighter than, than what it is, because it, it, it does look a little weird in some places. It's, it's got a little, like, Play-Doh-y quality to some of the, the people and the and the faces and stuff. But overall, again, I, I, I do think it's pretty cool. 
Um, and then the story. Yeah, I still yeah. think that that one page was inked by somebody. Yeah, no, I think the, the whole page is by somebody else. Honestly, I really do. The more I've looked at that page, the the more I really think that that page is kind of stuck in here. Um, and I I think that entire page may be by somebody else. And very I'm, possibly. I'm trying like hell to place the artist because the, the art style does look really familiar to me. And I just who's, who's the uh, who's the guy that. Uh, he he drew some some issues of Luke Cage uh, and Black Panther in, when Black Panther was in jungle action. Um, Billy Graham. Billy Graham. That's who it looks like to me. Could be. Could yeah. Could be. Yeah. I mean, it definitely looks familiar to me, and I, I'm just I'm having a hell of a time placing it. But yeah, the there's there's several shots of this guy whatever his name was washington or whatever where i'm just like man i know this art style who is this and i just can't quite place it but yeah i i agree with you it does not look like the art in the rest of the book so i'm i'm very much thinking that that one page may be by somebody else so i i don't know but uh then story wise, I mean, I, I enjoy. I ended up enjoying it. I mean, there's nothing really, you know, deep or thoughtful or anything like that about it. It was just, it was fun, um, and and I genuinely felt really bad for Durath. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just again, I'm not sure where it comes from. I don't know if it's really so much the story or if it was from me trying to kind of second guess where I thought the story was going, but I, you know, I came away feeling like, oh, I totally misjudged this guy. I don't know if that was the writer's intention or not, but uh, but it added a, a poignancy to his death at the end. You know, again, I don't know if that was intended or if it's just you know uh, because of my expectations of where I thought the story was going. But it, it you know whether intentionally or not, it added a, a certain something to the story. So you know, for that reason, I'd, I'd bump it up a bit and say like a. I'll say like a B plus. I I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool. I I would like a little bit of explanation though about um, the Stiltman's thing there because I I don't remember that ever being a thing of his. You would think if he had that ability to zap somebody and then they're just teleported to some other planet or something, why the hell didn't he ever use that against like say Daredevil? You know. So that's a good question. I, I don't know. But other than that. Yeah, I liked it. Overall grade, I would uh, say probably like a B all around. I, I thought it was it was a really good book. It was pretty solid. Dr. William? So, in the inset, why does Bill Foster shrink down into a flasher? On the cover. Yeah, no, I, I just think he's wearing an overcoat. <laughs> well, that's what you think. We don't know for sure. That's true. Maybe, he, maybe, maybe right. He sh- maybe he wants to show little Goliath. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah, it seems like there's something missing to this cover. Like I know you're not a fan of the large, you know, swath of color on a cover. Like, almost there should be some stuff back behind there. Behind the actual, you know, all the red that's back there. Yeah, well, it's, it's there's nothing back there, but it's not distinctly cut off by, like, a straight line or anything. Right, right, right. 
So it's it's, 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 it's not, I didn't find that bothersome so much. Mm. You know, there could have been some more tech back there, I guess. But yeah, or a ceiling or something. Uh, I do like the uh, I do like the villain guy. I mean, maybe he could have had a little more. Although his coloring is different on the inside, but yeah, that maybe goes along with what you're saying. Like you know, the the cover's done before the interior, or or uh, um, I'll give the cover like a C plus. Uh, the interior art, yeah, I think I remember Pollard. I'm pretty sure he did some Avengers because the art style looks familiar to me. Either that or uh, Fantastic Four. I'm thinking. I think he did yeah, both of yeah. those, and I yeah, think he also did some Thor. Yeah, mm, yeah, he definitely okay. did some Thor. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm slightly familiar with it. So uh, the interior art, I would give a B. And the story, I haven't read the other ones, but you know, you guys kind of filled me in. So uh, we'll give the story like a C plus. So yeah, it's, it's like a B. A B for me. B for Bill. Dr. Bill. Dr. <laughs> B. All right. Who's next? Uh, you uh, got the DC, Scott. All right. I got the DC. All right. So for my book, we're going to jump over to the 90s. Ooh. And we're going to look All right, at gotta go. Justice oh. League. Uh, Justice League America. Or at least that's what I'm going to call it. Because this is the book that started off as Justice League. And then it became Justice League International. And then it became something else. And then it became something else. And then it became something else. And at some point it was Justice League America. And I think it even became something else. Screw it, I'm just calling it Justice League America. So if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, this is the one that started out with uh, Guy Gardner saying something like, want to make something of it on the cover of the first issue by uh, Keith Giffen and DeMatteis. So that's what I'm talking about. So this is Justice League America number 91. Cover date on this one is August 1994. It was actually on sale on the stands, according to Mike's Amazing World of Comics, on June 21st, 1994. Now the cover on this one which carries a banner above the logo reading farewell to a friend is a sort of riff on the prior year's funeral for a friend event which saw the man of steel laid to rest following his death at the hands of doomsday and uh is most likely by howard porter but there seems to be a little bit of internet uh, inconsistency on exactly who everybody thinks did this cover some people think it's the interior art team and other places cite Howard Porter. Mike's Amazing World has no listing for who he thinks did the cover on this, so I'm not really sure. Um, but anyway, the cover on this depicts um, you have the Justice League, as it kind of existed at the time, and they are holding a coffin, and in the sky, kind of behind them and above them, is uh, the character Ice. So, kind of a sinister uh, vibe to the cover here. Ooh, something has happened. And, of course, you know, the thing, funeral for a friend, so, or farewell to a friend, rather. So, uh, original pr- uh, cover price on this, by the way, was a buck and a half. The story is entitled Hero's Passage and is written by Dan Vado with pencils by Mark Campos and inks by Ken Branch. Gene D'Angelo was the colorist. Uh, the issue begins with Beatrice da Costa, the superheroine known as Fire, reflecting on the death of her best friend, Tora Olaf's daughter, the superheroine known as Ice. 
and having to make arrangements for her body to be taken home to her people. Elsewhere, Wonder Woman and Catherine, Catherine Colbert get into a heated discussion involving the UN's decision not to allow the League to access to its destroyed headquarters. And then Maxima shows up in her girl-what-the-hell-are-you-wearing outfit and throws Colbert around a little bit before she and Wonder Woman leave to attend Ice's funeral. Jay Garrick shows up just in time for he and Colbert to witness a mysterious pleading apparition in the sky. Still elsewhere, Booster Gold receives his prognosis following his severe ass-kicking in the prior League event storyline, and it's not good. Not only did he lose an arm and is being kept alive by a horribly shitty-looking outfit given to him by his so-called friend, Blue Beetle, uh, but he's going to need a heart and lung transplant to boot. Later, Fire is interrupted as she prays over Ice's coffin by the arrival of Captain Adam and Maxima. Captain Adam misremembers his own origin, and then Maxwell Lord shows up and he and Max compare the size of their peepees. Fire yells at them. Then Wonder Woman, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold... Um, why is he out of bed? Dr. Light and uh, what the hell's her name last show up and fire threatens everybody. They all load into a not a Quinjet. Booster and Beetle try to resume the uh, old Giffen Demetrius era banter, but it totally doesn't work anymore. So the Martian Manhunter just yells at them and tells them to shut up. Eventually, they arrive in Asgard or whatever, and uh, a lot more leaguers pile out of the uh, not a Quinjet than ever piled into it. We have Despero, yeah, he was actually on the team for a while, Power Girl in her hideous I think I'm Arion's great granddaughter outfit, Booster, what's her face girl, Blue Beetle, Crimson Fox, the Ray, no, the other one, not Timberwolf, Amazing Man, Maxima, John Jones, the Flash, no, the other one, Wonder Woman, Fire, Dr. Light, Captain Adam, and Gypsy. They deliver ice to her mother, Queen Olaf, who is understandably pissed and tells the League that once the service is over, they are to leave and are no longer welcome in her realm. Later, Amazing Man and Captain Adam share a nice little moment that foreshadows their involvement in yet another incarnation of the League, set to debut in the near future of this era. Wonder Woman shows up to yell at Captain Adam, and Fire shows up to yell at both of them. A funeral is held for ice, and then everybody goes home. Back in New York, I guess, because no, nobody could be bothered to actually tell me where anything takes place in this entire issue, John Jones yells at a policeman, and Fire goes to confession at church. The end. Now, despite my snarky synopsis, um, I actually did kind of like this issue, and that's a lot, I will admit right up front, is because of nostalgia. Um I have a real soft spot for something that spins out of all this. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. So um, it, it may surprise some people that I actually, I really like Dan Vado, the writer on this. And I actually, believe it or not, kind of sort of dig the art on this. Um, because this is before this guy went like completely 90s and it really became like hard to look at. Um, it's almost there with this issue, but not quite. There's there's some of this I really like, although there's a lot of it that's like, ooh, boy. Um, I just have some general notes here, so you guys can jump in at any point that you like. But uh, just, just some quick observations on this one. I like Fire, the character of Fire. 
But I have always felt that she just needed a big old makeover. And God, I wish she would lose the stupid green hair. If she just had the fire gimmick, I think this character would totally work. But it's just she continually has stupid looking outfits. And then she always has the stupid green hair. And it just to me, there's like one white character with green hair that works and that's doc samson anybody else just looks flat friggin ridiculous with green hair i'm sorry what you're well, who else who else works polaris with green hair? oh she looks like polaris though yeah she does she looks like polaris and i think polaris's green hair is stupid too and i totally oh, forgot you, she had green God. hair until you reminded me <laughs> no i like polaris why would you, i like polaris too but why green hair why not why? uh it's just stupid um, I never like Samson. Catherine. I don't like Doc Samson with green hair. Why is he got just because he has gamma radiation? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See that—that's an in-story reason why his hair is green. What, what's the in-story reason why Polaris's hair is green? I don't know. What does magnetism have to do with your hair being green? Hey, hey, Man, hey, 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 hey! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you going against Stan Lee? Did he I don't think Stanley had anything to do with that character. Hey, yeah. Stanley had everything uh, to do with all those. Stanley presented. It. <laughs> <laughs> presented. <laughs> so it's his fault. I'm pretty sure at the time uh, when that character was introduced, Roy Thomas was writing the X Men. Well, there you go. Yeah, you, you're going against fault. Roy Thomas. Actually, I think Roy Thomas created uh, what's his name too, didn't he? Doc Samson, didn't he? Possibly. Or am I wrong? Maybe he likes green hair. I guess. For all I know, maybe he created uh, what's her face here too. I'm not sure. <laughs> she, no, she I may the, sound sexist. I'd much rather see a woman with green hair than a man with green hair. Mm, yeah, That's I don't sexist. Know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's colorist. Uh, I don't know. Moving on to my notes here, I never much liked uh, Catherine Colbert or the Justice League Europe, for that How about matter. Stephen Colbert. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather not. Scott may agree um, on that. <laughs> this is just a weird era of the league and i'm only kind of sort of passingly familiar with this era because i was collecting it you know when when it got rebooted after legends and it was the <laughs> you know the the giffen de mateus era you know the funny era and all that I, I collected it pretty steadily for a time but then the the whole comedy shtick to it you know the more it became a, a joke book as opposed to like true superhero it, it started to lose me so the, it lost me before the whole breakdowns event that kind of reinvented it and then after that i only ever checked in sporadically you know here and there so my huh. knowledge of, of the stories and and what happened everything's a little bit spotty but um there, starting with the issue right after this there was like a mini event where they they introduced a character and that i did follow for a bit and that i really liked and of course this spins out into another book too that i really like but I'll, again i'll talk about that in a minute what was that bill well let me let me just jump in here so i am all with you on how confusing these are because from going the 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 numerous times we've gone to urban legend i've pretty much knocked out all my jsa books that he has that i can find so i've started to move over into the justice league books uh -huh. holy crap man if I didn't have the app that I have, and even with the app, it's confusing because sometimes his books are not always in the right spot. So I'm like, oh, yeah, 55. Oh, wait, no, that's uh, I already have that because it's in this this Justice League International or Justice League yeah. 
or Justice League of America, and they're, this they're going. Is oh, Justice uh, League. Oh my God, it's there, so confusing. There's basically, it's, there's there's only really, to, at least to my memory. Correct me if I'm wrong, but to my memory, there's really there was only two Justice League books, but because each of them changed their names a couple of times. And so, like, yeah. this title so, like, here started as Justice League and then became Justice League International and then became Justice League of America. And I think there might even be one other name change in there somewhere that I'm forgetting. And sometimes and they're Justice sorted League. that way. They're not si- sorted by the volume with the name, you know, like, right. just going through the name changes. They'll be in separate sections. Right. And I'm like, wait, wait, which one am I looking at? Exactly. Which and then Justice League Europe started as Justice League Europe, but if I'm not mistaken, didn't it become Justice League International? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's why it's yeah. so confusing. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. Wait. So, yeah, it is. It's really confusing. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. old. It makes it hell to try to keep track of something like that, when you know, especially as you're trying to you know, pick them up or whatever. So, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. But this Latter-day stuff, you know, after breakdowns and all that, like I say, I'm only kind of passingly familiar with it, but I've started picking those up as I find them, like, really, really cheap. This issue here, um, I brought just because I, I went through a stack of books looking for a DC for the show today, and, and this was one I had recently picked up, you know, within the past few months at one of those like you know fill a fill a box for 20 bucks or something type of thing so i got this for like pennies you know which is about all i'd ever pay for stuff from this era you know i wouldn't i definitely wouldn't pay more than like 50 cents or whatever and you know but if i can find them that way i I will start picking them up and try to fill it in because i'm curious about this era and um i always like any team that's kind of like you know what i always call team of freaks and even if it's, you know, fairly well-known characters and everything like that, I like incarnations of, you know, the League or the Avengers or anybody when it's just a weird mix of characters. And and during this time, both of the Justice League teams were kind of weird, you know, because you had one or two A-list characters on the team like Wonder Woman, but then everybody else was kind of like, you know, the, the lesser knowns. And that's kind of interesting to me. I, I like when they do stuff like that. So this, this was kind of a weird and, and kind of strange, fun era of, uh, of the League. Um, I, absolutely, I like the character of Maxima, but I absolutely hate this outfit for her. I, I don't understand why they went to this. I mean, what was wrong with her original outfit or, or even the one that they used on like Superman the Animated Series, which was better than this one? I just don't get this with this outfit. I mean, I'm all for, you know, change up their outfits from from time to time if you have to. But if you're going to do that, give them good outfits. Don't give them shitty outfits. And speaking of that, this one for Booster is god-awful. It's really bad. Um, Always nice to see Jay Garrick. He looks a little weird in this issue, but uh, I like that character. So it's just always cool whenever he pops up. Um. Now, I made an interesting discovery while I was doing a little bit of research on this issue um, that there's a character that really, the, the, the story of him starts next issue. And it was a crossover between um, this title and Justice League Task Force, which was running concurrently. And it was the saga of a character called Triumph, which I might actually cover that on the show sometime because he's actually got a really kind of interesting story. (laughs) No. Um, And I noticed that Wikipedia, 
and then the DC wiki, like the D, I think it's called like the DC fan wiki or something, they're, but they're two different wikis. They each have a different first appearance for that character. And the DC fan one cites this issue. And I noticed it after I'd already read it. And I'm like, well, where the hell was Triumph in this? I don't remember ever seeing him. I think he's the guy that pops up in the Flash sequences saying, Flash, help. He says, you've got to remember. You've got to help me. I think that's him. So that I thought that was kind of interesting because, like, like I said, I like that character, and uh, and I may try to maybe we'll do an episode on uh, on Triumph at some point because he he was kind of cool. I th- I thought anyway. Um, again, back to Booster. Like I said, I hate this look for him, but bigger than that, I hate this whole beat in his life uh, for Booster that was going on at this point. Um, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what they were trying to do with the character, but they just like for a brief moment, they just totally trashed him. Um, you know, they, they, you know, he lost an arm. I think if I remember the story, right, he actually was dead. Like, like, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, clinically dead inside that armor. Yeah, exactly. Well, thankfully he did. Well, I'll, I'll talk more about that later. But this, oh my god, this he was dead inside the arm, so it was just like a life support system. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Yeah, and it's I just I hate that. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what exactly they were they were doing with that. Um, I like seeing Captain Adam. I like Captain Adam a lot. I, I think he's a really cool character. But again, he's another one of those characters that you know. I just I wish they could do something with him. Um, he seems like he's kind of devolved over the years into just he's the military tool guy he, he kind of reminds me of of like how frank miller used superman in dark knight returns it's like anytime you need somebody that's just like a tool of the government it's it's captain adam and i i, I can't i hate to see him reduced to such a one note beat as that because i, I think he's uh, i think he's a cool character and i i liked him you know when he first uh you know, got reinvented and became an actual DC character after the crisis and all that. Um, you know, I read, you know, the first year or so of that title and that's one I've managed to actually now fill in the whole series collecting out of the cheat bins over the years as captain Adam. I, one of these days I intend to sit down and, and read that entire series, start to finish and see how the whole thing went. But in the beginning of it, I remember really liking that character. The, the early issues were done by, uh, um, Pat Broderick was the artist on that, and I really liked his stuff on that title. Uh, I never ever was a, a fan of the jokey Booster and Beetle. It just never really worked for me. I like Blue Beetle being jokey in like a Spider-Man sense because that's essentially what he was. I mean, he was created by you know one half of Spider-Man's team, you know uh, Steve Ditko, and I think he was kind of intended to be, uh, you know, like cut rate. Uh, Spider-Man, so I don't mind it when he's jokey and everything, but I, I just I hate the whole thing where they eventually just became like clowns in the Justice League. And I, I think it did a disservice to both of their characters in a lot of ways. I don't know that Blue uh, Booster Gold rather ever really recovered from that. I, I think that's kind of why he went from being one of my favorite characters to one that I just I don't know. I, I just felt like they kind of ruined him. Uh, I like Amazing Man. It was cool seeing him in this. Um, he's another character that I think is very uh, underrated and underused, and I always thought he was really cool. 
And I was joking before, that's not Timberwolf, it's actually Tasmanian Devil. Uh, I was joking about that because I think uh, you could easily confuse or interchange either of them because they both had exactly the same look at the same time. And I think they actually both had a big white T on the front of them, too, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, it was funny because when I first saw him, I actually thought, what the hell is Timberwolf doing here? And then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not him. That's Tasmanian Devil. Um, you guys remember... <laughs> Do you guys remember what happened to King Olaf? Because I don't remember. It says here he's dead, but how did he die? I definitely don't remember because I don't even know who he is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I don't where's Guy? They mentioned Guy Gardner, and he and Ice were were a thing at one time. But I don't. Where's he at this time? Was he off doing the the warrior thing, or was he? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where he was in his publishing history at this time. Well, who's the guy? Who's the guy at the end of the comic book? Outside the. Um, I think that's the reporter from earlier in the book that was trying to get the. Oh. The okay. I I think, but don't. I mean, I don't know for sure, so don't hold me to it. But I think that's who that's supposed mm. to be. Okay. Yeah. I skipped he's trying to get pictures. Yeah. yeah, I skipped over all that in my in my synopsis because it didn't really seem like it it played in at all. But I, I think that's supposed to be the same guy. The moment I I liked best in this entire book, honestly, was uh, I really liked the beat with um with Amazing Man. I'm trying to find it here, and now I'm not seeing it. Oh, it's it's uh, after they arrive and they have like just a little bit of downtime before the service. Um, Amazing Man's just kind of hanging out by himself, and Captain Adam shows up, and they kind of talk a little bit about you know basically Captain Adam's just telling you know think about your future and you know what do you want to be and everything. And I really thought that was kind of neat because eventually this this does lead somewhere. So in like a couple of issues the league has another shakeup and everything and another book ends up spinning out of this so a lot of these members that are on this incarnation right now in this book end up forming a new team called extreme justice and i know that's where yep, the writer I've goes been trying Dan to collect Nino, that too yeah, I like it a lot, and I know that anybody that remembers it is probably going to laugh for me saying that because you know that book does not have a good reputation, but for you know for all the shit that that book gets, I really dug it. Now, yes, the art in the first few issues is really rough to look at, and yes, it peters out quickly, and and by the end of it, it wasn't very good. But it gets a big old pass in my book because it did some interesting and daring and ballsy things. Plus, it straightens out this crap with Booster. Eventually, Booster does get better. Um, he gets completely healed, arm and everything, and he gets a snazzy new outfit that's a vast improvement over this one and and a lot closer to his original outfit. So it straightens a lot of things out. And the, the team makeup was pretty cool because you had, um, well, it's a lot of the guys that are on this team. You've got Captain Adam, you've got Maxima, you've got... Um, uh, Amazing Man was on there. There was actually a, a romance between Amazing Man and Maximo, which I thought was kind of cool and kind of you know daring for its time. Um, Blue Beetle, um, Booster Gold, and I, I might be forgetting. And then um, it's kind of been forgotten now, but it was actually at the time kind of a, a, 
I don't know, a big deal, but it was kind of noted for the fact that it introduced Zan and Jaina, the Wonder Twins, into mainstream DC, you know, post-crisis DC. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was cool, and I always say, you know, if you if you see it out there on the cheap, pick it up, because I, I think it was worth reading. Um, last couple of notes on this. Uh, this story actually was reprinted in Wonder Woman and Justice League America Volume 2 trade paperback from 2017. And just on kind of a sad note here, um, the editor on this particular book was Brian Augustine, who sadly just recently passed away. And uh, I thought that was really sad because he, his was a name I definitely recognized when I heard it because, uh, you know, some of the writing that he'd done for DC over the years. Uh, he did some really cool stuff. And I always remembered uh, the book Firebrand that he did. It didn't last very long. Um, but that was a really cool book at the time it was coming out. It was something, you know, just kind of offbeat and different and, uh, really, really nice artwork on that by, uh, Sal Valudo. So if you see that out there in the cheap bins, that, that's worth picking up too. But, um, you know, rest in peace, Brian Augustine. He was, uh, he was a cool guy. That's all I got on this issue. All right. Well, so, uh, amazing man. Uh-huh. Isn't he known as like the uh, the third most intelligent man on the earth? You're thinking of uh, Mr. Terrific. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Sorry. So this guy My is bad. the son or grandson, I forget, of the original Amazing Man from the All-Star Squadron. It came in about midway through the All-Star Squadron. Um, mm-hmm. Will Everett, uh, he was a, he was an Olympic champion. That basic basically he's like Marvel's the uh, abs- like the absorbing man. Anything he touches, he can become that element or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy is either his son or his grandson. I forget, but uh, he he was. I, I just think he's cool. I just love his look, and I like that uh, that this amazing man had. You know, he's kept the exact same look as his predecessor. You know, the the outfit really hasn't changed or whatever. Oh, and, I did not know there was two different ones. I thought he would just somehow, you know, through whatever means of manipulation, he just followed through. No, he's. I. I. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but that, that's how I remembered it anyway. Was that he was a he was a legacy character. And I can't, you know, just one of those characters I wish they would utilize a little bit more because I just, I just think he's cool. I mean, he's got a really good power. I mean, this guy's got potential to be, you know, one of the heavy hitters if they would use him properly. And unfortunately, he just kind of seems to, to get forgotten. But you know, for a brief time with, uh, with Extreme Justice, you know, he was right there front and center with that team, and you know, was one of the heavy hitters on that team. So. Uh... You know, I picked this up because you said you wanted to do it today, and I gotta say, I hated it. <laughs> really? I thought, I thought the artwork was so off-putting. I really, really didn't like it. Uh, you know, it it looks to me like it it screams of '90s, and boy, I want to be like Bill Sienkiewicz, but I'm not as good as him. Like that's what I feel like when I read this, and you know, I'm, I'm, I know you're more of an art than story guy, so I was a little surprised that you were taken in as much as you were. I'm more of a fifty-fifty guy, art and story. Uh, I don't, I don't think one totally wins the day over the other for me. 
but the art was, I, like I said, I found it off-putting. Uh, I thought, you know, anatomy was wonky. I thought the the faces looked bad. Uh, it just overall, I really, really didn't like it, and it, it killed any interest I had in really understanding what was going on with the story. Uh, I didn't think the storytelling was particularly on point. I thought, it, you know, it kind of jumped from shot to shot, and, you know, you were required to read what it had to say in order to get any clue as to what, the, what was going on. Which is okay, I am able to read these things, but I like when the, the sequential art in it really tells the story as well. Um, it, it just, it didn't do it for me at all. Um, you know, this is an era, to be fair, that I was not reading the book in. Uh, I didn't have any interest in it at the time, and there's nothing I saw here that made me think, oh, let me pick this up, and, you know, even in the cheap ends, I, I wouldn't have any interest in it. Now, do you think that that's because they're clearly chasing a fad? They're they're clear, clear, yeah, clearly chasing what other companies were doing, and at that time, anyway, were very successful with with you know the flashy art that was not you know anatomically correct. You know, was just trying to be you know uh, dynamic. And didn't really worry too much about, you know, realism, that sort of thing. I mean, Rob Liefeld. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but not just you okay? him. I mean, you okay, Paul? You Li sound Liefeld, like you hurt yourself there. You know, Liefeld get you know takes all the blame, but you have to remember Liefeld himself was chasing somebody else, and, and at least in my opinion, you know, Liefeld was chasing McFarlane. You know, Liefeld seems to take all the blame for the '90s, but he was just you know part of what was going on i mean everybody was chasing a particular look that you know everybody well, you know can what? deny I don't, I don't now but at the time everybody was hot for it you know back then i don't blame frank miller for the fact that everybody tried to to follow him on batman i blame the people who tried to follow him um right you know I, I, miller mm -hmm. told some good stories I, I don't really have a problem with with what he did I have a problem with everybody else chasing that. Uh, McFarlane's a little different because I think McFarlane got too full of himself and, and kind of lost his own way. But when he first started, you know, his, his art had a dynamism to it that was, was a lot of fun. Um, that, you know, these, guys, these other people weren't, you know, they were chasing it and they weren't catching it. And like I said, even McFarlane lost it. So, but, you know, I just saw some re recently, uh, somebody posted a cover. Uh, I don't remember what book it was. Excuse me, what book it was, but it was a, an old Liefeld book, and everybody looked awful on it. There were like five different characters, and they all, all looked terrible. But we're not doing a Liefeld book right now, so I don't want to go too far off on this tangent. Uh, I don't, I don't know that this is copying that as much. Uh, I'm not sure exactly, you know, where it's going with it. But like I said, I don't like the faces. I don't like the the. Uh, faux detail in the background. It looks like, you know, if I make a lot of lines, it'll look like I put in detail. But I'm not really, you know, worrying about making it good details. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't even feel like I'm equipped to critique the story because the art bothered me enough that I, I it, like, it distanced me from the story. Uh, it seems like they're, they're trying to tell, you know, some sort of poignant story here, but I don't know. And it's you know, coming on the heels of the death of Superman, if I'm getting my timing right. Yeah. 
so you know it's it's a little i don't know it's 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 not really doing it for me um i just you know i i have i have no desire to own this book is really what it comes down to <laughs> if, if you offered it to you. me for nothing i would be like yeah I, I don't need it thank you nor should you no, that's the thing, though, is that I, I really I appreciate your honesty with this because I, I really wanted to know, you know, what what does it look like when you have no attachment at all, no no nostalgia? Because I mean, like I said, this is my first time reading it as well, but I'm slightly nostalgic for the era and some things that spun out of it. But on its own, you know, taking this issue as it is, I, I totally get what you're saying because this is uh, art wise very indicative of the 90s in that way that that when the 90s get brought up a lot of people groan um well, it's you know, not hold, hold on for just a second i'm just looking i just opened up a folder on my computer and i don't see that my computer is recording this we could have been going on here for two hours for, sh for nothing huh. do, do one of you have a recording going <sighs> I didn't even think they. Yeah, hit it the says button. it's. It says the recording when I joined the call. It said, uh, "Yeah, I I have a file size that's well, it was getting there. It goes, it says it's going. Okay, good. Thank you. So just so you could say. All right, that so you do have a recording. Okay, Usually, cool. I've been making a point to hit record on the Skype conversation, so I would have had it anyway, but I didn't. For some reason I had thought you had pressed it, but that's my my error. All right, I'm glad you got it. Okay, so we can continue. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. But no, I, you know, I do think that this, you know, in a lot of ways, is very indicative of the '90s. Um, but what's funny, at least in my opinion, is that I, I can stomach this because this isn't as bad as it got. Because I cracked open Extreme Justice number one today because I kind of entertained the idea briefly of bringing that book to the show. And you talk about art that you can't get through. I couldn't get through. It's terrible. And it's. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the same art team, or at least one of the guys from the art team. Because, yes, this is rough. And, yes, there's a lot of this that's just kind of ugly. But there's also some of it that really does. Like, Wonder Woman at the bottom of page five, I think it's beautiful. I think that's a really good picture of one, you know, a really good shot of Wonder Woman. Um, I, I beg to differ. I'm sorry. I saw that picture and I didn't like it. <laughs> the one where she's the one where she's saying "until you decide." That's yeah, you the, don't the, like that the one. Close, the close up in the circle. Yeah, I did not like it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so obviously your mileage may vary. Yeah. Well, because I I agree with you on on a lot of the other because there's there's some of this that just. I mean, really is... Well, the panel above that one is interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just noticing that, too. The ass-cheek shot? Yeah, I don't think I noticed that until I was looking at that other shot, but... Yeah, there's, one of, there's one of Captain Adam in here later. Now, granted, he's you know a super being and all that, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't have the proper rib count. In this one picture, where he's striking a dynamic pose, so that one's kind of kind of weird. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely the shot some of the, the, the Flash when he first comes. Uh, it, it looks like it's the drunken Flash. 
Well, plus he's massive, too. And I always think of Jay Garrick as kind of a scrawny little guy, you know? Mm. And he yes. is, he's huge. He's he's all huge and bulky and muscly and <laughs> rippling. And I'm like, no, no, Jay Garrick's like, you know. Well, one they thing make John Wesley Ship look pretty buff in the, the Flash t- in the show. Well, but that's because he was you know, he was buff, you know. No, I mean now, when he's no, been I mean, in. but he was buff though. I mean, in his lifetime, I mean, he was that yeah. dude was ripped, you know. So I could see that with him, but I mean, I just I think of of it's the nineties, man. Everybody's ripped. <laughs> so no, I, I I'm with you a lot on on the art and everything. This the writing style of see, I think this in a lot of ways this is very indicative of nineties, but I don't think of it necessarily as as bad nineties, or at least like not as bad as the nineties got. But this this is heading that way because. This isn't really so much a story as a connected series of things that happen. Um, there's an awful lot of trying to make you feel something, but not really succeeding. Because it's a lot of people just yelling at each other. Rather than, than having actual characterization and conversation that flows and works in this, a lot of it is characters meet and yell at each other and that's why i kept bringing it up in my synopsis you know so-and-so enters the room and yells at everybody because that's essentially what keeps happening is people just keep yelling at each other okay but is that being done on purpose to show that they're kind of have a raw nerve because of the death of ice or is it just that they're all dicks um, I tend to go more of the of the thing or of, mixture. I see. I don't want to dump on Dan Vado because I really like the guy's writing, but I I think in this instance it's more of a of a thing of the writers trying to go for a certain vibe and not just not not quite pulling it off. He's trying to go for he's trying drama. to show all their angst, but it's yeah. not coming through right. And it's not coming through exactly. That that's you know because there's a lot of it that that just falls flat and the biggest thing that falls flat now granted ice was never my favorite character uh, if you ask me to name 50 justice league you know people that have been in the justice league i'd probably struggle to ever remember her name and, and put her on that list she's just kind of a background throwaway forgotten character for me but she was a member of the justice league at the end of the day so when she dies and you've got an entire issue devoted to her friends taking her to her final resting place, you would think that there might be a little bit of something in there. And I don't feel like goddamn thing at the end of this. I mean, the whole sequence of, of the funeral, it just, none of it rings. None of it does anything. And so that was kind of a big old fail, too. So it, it's just, it's got a really strange sense in how it plays and i think it's very telling that i, I mean maybe they knew it already uh, there's a sense of that with the conversation between amazing man and captain adam that all of this is supposed to you know that's going to shake up in the near future so maybe that's maybe this issue's doing what it needs to in that sense of you're seeing everything fall apart maybe but I don't know. It, it more feels to me like the writer's going for something and not quite achieving it, rather than this is all being carefully orchestrated to show you that things are falling apart. 
You know what I mean? I, I don't know if I'm explaining it very well, but you know, it, it, I think it's going for one thing and not really succeeding at it. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> what did you think of it, Bill? Had you read this before? You're a big Justice League guy, right? No, I I had not read this before, and uh, I think I remembered that I died somewhere. I still don't know how, because I don't think I, I haven't read up to this point. <laughs> You're so cold. There was a, so cold. Pop. There was a big event right before this. It was like a I want to say it was like a four issue arc or something. Oh, just I in the. Oh, just in the book itself. I think it was just in this title. I could be wrong. It might have crossed over with another title. I forget. But mm. I, I think it was all self-contained within Justice League America. And they faced this guy called the Overlord, Overmaster, something. It was yeah. a world-ending type story. And I don't really remember a hell of a lot about it now other than that's where um, Booster took his licks and lost his arm and all that stuff that happened to him and wound up in this crappy armor and everything. But um, Ice, I, I guess, sacrifices herself or something at the end of that story. But yeah, like I said, mm. it didn't make much of an impact, so I don't really remember it very well. These, these are the kind of things where, for me... I read a lot of this stuff. I mean, again, not this specific issue, but I read a lot. You know, the 90s stuff has trouble sticking in my head because a lot of it's like this, where, you you know, the, yeah. the art's wonky, it's it's inconsistent. The stories, for whatever reason, you, you can kind of just breeze right through them. And you know what this feels like? You don't make a hell of a lot of... What's that? So, speaking of green hair and the 90s, this reads just like the later issues of like X Factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those type of books, like, you know, like read, you read through, you don't really, you're not really sure what's going on, and the art's kind of weird. I mean, yeah. And then uh, a week later, you can't even remember anything about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, like some of the art, like the what is that page three, where she's talking to the Undertaker or whatever, and uh, just, just, just before. You know, it seems like a lot of insect close-ups of women in this book, too. Because we have yeah. one on the, the bottom of that page of, uh, of Polaris. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but the panel above, man, that guy's face looks weird. He has, it's like his face morphs into his neck. Or is, is his face just that, I mean, it just, it's it's odd. It's, some of the arts, I mean, yeah, there's some good shots uh like i like the wonder woman ones okay but then why is she talking to carmen san diego <laughs> i mean that's what she looks like she's even got the hat yeah, you're right yeah I didn't i didn't place that before but you're right that is totally what she looks like yeah i never Which understood would, what what the whole deal was with, with colbert she was like their liaison or something i forget mm. but yeah i never much cared for her character i mean it's eh. but yeah no you're right there a, a lot of the the 90s ones i mean even some of the main because i was like you know i read superman you know through this whole era and a lot of that 90s stuff was superman um especially when you got like i think a guy's name was steven siegel i think one of the writers, um, writer, artist, something. 
it was it was just kind of like a lackluster era the art wasn't very good and the stories were just completely like you'd read it and forget it five minutes later type of thing and that that's this has a, a certain feel of that too see there's another circular close-up of the queen when she realizes that uh, her daughter's dead and then there's a close-up of uh the lady with uh booster and blue beetle although it's not a circle but it's like we got one whole panel that's just devoted this to somebody's face right like i guess to put emphasis on it <laughs> uh, uh. at the end of this it says that it continues in justice league task force which is a book i oh yeah that's the other yeah that's and i Justice League task force i Extreme. love that book but I don't remember like then they had like Justice League they had like Justice League quarterly and yeah. um yeah yeah because I've been trying to get all those and I'm just like oh my god I'm getting confused this is just like the all the Avengers books in the 2000s shoot me <laughs> <laughs> yep it's like oh is this new Avengers or is this Avengers or is this the other Avengers volume or is this the other new Avengers volume or is this the secret Avengers is this secret Avengers volume three or is this volume two ah <laughs> <laughs> so Bill do you want us to shoot you now or wait till we get home shoot me now <laughs> I'll wait until I get home. Well, are we ready for grades on this one? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) All right. I do not like the cover on this book. I don't know who the artist was. Um, (laughs) To be honest with you, I I like the cover more than I like the interior art. Oh, wow. Yeah, see, I I generally... Even though everybody looks like a pug, their faces are kind of (laughs) smushed. I still think like Captain Adam looks 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 pretty good. Oh, sorry, this is your grade, not mine. I'll I'll do my beef when I get my beef. See, I I, I don't guess. like Captain Adam on this cover because he, he it's like at the top of his head is flat. It looks like Colossus. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I I don't like that. I don't like Jay Garrick having like dead eyes. You know, it's just where's Jay Garrick? He's right there. Oh, there he is. Oh, him. yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking Guy Gardner. I'm like, I don't see fucking Guy Gardner. Oh, sorry. I don't like how Wonder Woman looks. I don't know. I just, I really don't care for the cover. And then, I guess because it's not symmetrical, I just, I don't like Ice in the background there. Um, her face is not symmetrical. She's not lined up with the center of the, of the, it's just, it makes, I just, it hits that OCD button for me. I just don't like the way it's laid out on this cover, so cover for me is uh i'm actually going to give it a d on the cover i i really don't care for the cover the interior are i'm i'm going to be much higher on it than than i feel paul probably will be because <laughs> yes i understand that there is some real uh wonkiness with uh with anatomy and things like that um but i can follow it there there is there are some panels and in some instances in this i really genuinely like um, there's some of them I really don't like, um, but overall, I kind of I kind of enjoy this. It's not as bad as it would get, and it would get really really bad. So, art wise on this, um, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'll go a B minus. Um, and then story wise, I mean, 
it's not it's really not a story that's my problem with it is it's just it's a series of things that happen but there's not really a cohesive story here i mean when you look at the cover and the way the cover's laid out and the you know farewell to a friend and you know it's supposed to be the aftermath of this big battle that shook the team and i don't really get any of that from this i get that yeah, things but- happened everybody's pissed off you know everybody's supposedly really sad and and every but you don't really they spend more time angry and yelling at each other than they do showing mm-hmm. any real sorrow or or empathy or anything like that for their lost teammate for each other um this doesn't bring them together other than they all attend the service together but other than that, it's like a group of grumpy assholes that just hang out together for, for this one purpose. Maybe that's the point. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe this plays into the fact that they they do dissolve and reorganize into different teams not long after this. So may, maybe that was the intended point. But for this one issue, it it just feels like it doesn't really work and it doesn't feel like there's really a story here. There's, there's nobody, nobody has a complete arc in this issue. Um, and I don't really think that there's a, an overall point to it other than, than laying Torah to rest, I guess. But that, like I say, that has no emotional impact or weight to it either. It just kind of, it happens. They, they take her there, they have a service, it's done. But I, I don't feel anything. So story-wise, I, I think it kind of fails, unfortunately. Um, as fun as it was to kind of revisit the era from a nostalgic sense, um, yeah, it didn't. It didn't really do much of anything other than kind of give me the warm fuzzies to just to see these people together again. So story-wise, uh, I think I'll, I'll be generous. I'll say a C-minus, but it's probably, <laughs> realistically, it's probably a lot lower than that. Overall grade <sighs> for the book, um, I will give it a C-plus, though. I do think it's better than than average, and I think it's much better than what you typically got in the, in the 90s for this sort of thing. So there you go. Now I'm very curious how Paul's going to destroy it. <laughs> You want to go first, Bill, or you want me to go? Sure, I'll go first. I will give the cover... Um, I had this discussion with somebody the other day. I don't think we had it on any of our podcasts. Or maybe I did it with Hero. I'm not sure. Like, so, Sometimes when you see something and it's because of the oddity or the flaw in it, you find it not necessarily attractive, but you find it more interesting. And I think that's what I have for this cover. I mean, it's not a, oh, my God, cover, but I'm going to at least give it a C um, up from Scott's D. I mean, I do find, I mean, I kind of like some of this art maybe a little bit more than the stuff on the inside. Um, The interior art, uh, I give it a C- for the interior. Freaking drunk, twisted Jay Garrick. What is wrong with you? Why are you bothering Carmen San Diego? I don't understand. Um, as for the story, uh, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I was trying to defend saying, you know, maybe they're trying to show how death can affect people differently, but it seems like this everybody's just an a-hole. Um, uh, so I got to give the story a C minus. So eh, it's like this C minus book. And on to you, Paul. All right. Um, so start with the cover. Really didn't do anything for me. And you, you know what I, I, I find interesting about it is I don't even know from looking at the cover if somebody's going to who's who's familiar with this group is going to look at it and say oh that's ice at the top <laughs> in the translucent right. look uh I, I don't even think there's enough there to to distinguish that that's who we're looking at here uh meanwhile i think you know it looks to me like very similar to the interior actually you seem to distinguish it but i'm not really i, th I think it's the same artist would be my uh speculation i don't like the way the faces are i don't like I, I don't care for the composition. Uh, I'm going to give the cover a D. I think it fails. Uh, it's not quite as bad enough to be an F, but I think it fails to, to, to make anybody want to pick up this book who isn't otherwise inclined to. And uh, just to, to also mention, I think Ice has derp eyes on the cover. Uh, <laughs> the interior art was extremely off-putting to me. Uh, I, I didn't find it to be... Real, to really have any, any any positive qualities as I read it through. I guess the most positive quality was that for the most part I could tell one character from the other. It wasn't that they were blending together. Uh, but the faces I think look terrible. The, the choices of shots, the storytelling, I, I, I think it just fails on every level for me. Uh, so it's it's like I feel like I want to give it, you know, a D or a D plus, D minus, but I'm giving it an F because I thought it totally turned me off to the story. Uh, it, it made me not want to read it, uh, and when the art is so bad that it makes me not want to read a book, that's that's failing. Uh, then when we get to the story, you know, I, I forced myself through most of this, and I and I read it through, and I kind of felt like, you know, it it didn't do anything for me. Uh, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to keep an open mind and I'm going to listen to what Scott tells me and he's going to explain to me why this is so much better than I think it is. <laughs> and meanwhile, you're, you're sitting there saying, yeah, the story wasn't so good. So so I'm feeling like I was on target with that too. Uh, I don't feel like, I, I, don't, I don't feel like the story fails as badly as the artwork does, but I'm going to say it's below average as far as I'm concerned and give it a D. Uh, I, I don't think there's, there's anything about it that makes me feel moved uh, there's nothing about it that makes me feel particularly interested in knowing who these, wanting to know more about these characters. There's just nothing about it that I like. And some of these characters are characters like Jay Garrett, who 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 I care, you know, who I am a fan of, and I don't want to know any more about them from this. So it's it's just this this book is not it it does not do it for me on any level. And overall, I'm going to give the book an F. Oh. Ooh, that's harsh. Ooh, it is, it is, but I, I did not like this book at all. I really didn't. So you that don't doesn't find, mean you see, can't feel me, differently. No, that's fine. It's just, you know, I, I, you know, art is subjective. It's just, for me, an F is is reserved for, has no redeeming qualities. And ding, 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 ding. I would challenge you to look at page nine of the story. 
and tell me there's no redeeming qualities in that page because I think that you know maybe not the third panel over but the first two panels the the shot of the hospital building with the parking lot area and everything and then the shot of of Boo, uh, Blue Beetle standing there listening to the the prognosis for his friend I think that shot of Beetle is fantastic I don't know you you, you could play Vogue in the background strike a pose uh, <laughs> yeah why is he kind of posing. It's not like Switch he's leaning against the wall. Which way to muscle beats, Blue Beetle? <laughs> I, I take it that he's he's got his hand on his hip. He's kind of scratching his head as she's... Or, you know, like, like you know, people do like, oh, God, you know, they're like... You know, he's he's getting bad news here. You know what? I'll, gi- I'll give you... It's one of the better pages. Two th- two-thirds of it, at least. Uh, <laughs> but it's still not doing it for me. The it, It's... I, th- I think Booster looks horrible, and part of that, you know, part of that is the way his costume was designed. Well, it's, yeah, it's the costume, yeah. But uh, but Wait, I don't think but I don't think the art is bo- is is boosting it up at all. Are you saying the picture of the hospital looks good? It's not really doing anything. Are you high? <laughs> I mean, something doesn't look right with that. Well, the, the angles certainly don't look good. Yeah, I didn't notice it's, that it's before. The, it's like it's, it's the leaning tower of hospital. <laughs> oh yeah. Or the leaning hospital of Pisa. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but this, this, I'm, I'm, I'm standing by my grades. <laughs> I'm not. You know, no, no offense to you know, you know me. I, I don't begrudge anybody else. You like it? Good for you. Just, uh, it's not doing it for me. Well, it's not my favorite by any stretch, but I, I just, I, I don't think it's an F. But you know, to each his own. Scott loves this book. <laughs> <laughs> He's going out and looking to see if he can find the original art on sale. It's just, like I said, it's just not there for me. Well, see, if we, uh, I don't know if you have uh, have ready access to it, but if you take a look at the art in, um, in. Uh, Extreme Justice number one. Now that's an F. That that earns that F. So to me, it's like, you know, I detect a challenge. I know what my next book will be. Well, I'm just saying you you have to you have to have somewhere to go. You know, there, there has to be the ability to go down. And Extreme that's Justice, <laughs> Extreme Justice is art wise is down from this. So I'd be I'd be curious to you know if you're going to give this an F then what the hell would you give well, to that because that's not, a lot worse than this is. Not it all, would be not a, all grades would, are, are made equal. You know, not every book that gets an A is the same as each other. You could still order them in however you'd see fit. The same thing holds true for F. And there's been really precious few books that we've given Fs to. Uh, but when I you know when I give an F to it, that doesn't mean. It's the equal of every other F. It might be slightly superior to another F, but they're both Fs. Hey, wait a minute. Concerned. Did you give Apollo Smile an F? I think I did. You bastard. But, you know, I mean, think about when, you, when you're in school. You know, whatever, 70 was passing or 65 was passing, depending on the school. Somebody might have gotten a 55. They failed. Somebody else might have gotten a 30. They failed even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I got a 19 on my on my my chemistry final in high school. 
I, I guess nope. we must have different criteria for for the F. For, for me, an F would be I can't even fucking follow this thing. I, it makes no sense. It makes my eyes hurt and bleed. And for well, me, you know, I was wiping blood off my eyes. Right this, this is this is not that. I'll, I'll grant you, it's not a <laughs> artwork, but F. I mean, I I could follow every. There's not a there's not a single moment or panel in this where I was like, I don't know what's happening here. So that to me makes it you know undeserving of an F. But like I say, you know, teach, teach his own. But that that would be that's my criteria. Is when I when I can't even follow it, then it's an F. Well, you know what? It, it, it's slight, I, I'm going to give you a slightly different criteria than that for me. I'm going to say I didn't want to follow it. It was bad enough that I didn't want to follow. it. <laughs> okay, now and, we get and, to the heart. And and, and and as I'm reading it, I'm thinking. I, why am why am I putting all this effort into reading this crap? That okay that that believe it or not that sways me because that works because there were there were books that I've entertained over time and it actually happened today I'm trying to I'm struggling to think of one I'm beyond extreme justice uh, whatever it was zero or one or whatever um, but there was another book I was looking at but the art was so bad I'm like. I just I don't I don't feel like slogging through this for the shitty art. So I I'll grant I'll grant you that when it's when it's a matter of you know yeah it may not be it may not really deserve an F but the simple fact that I just don't <laughs> feel like having to slog through this that makes what are you laughing at? I'm laughing now, at now, what Paul put in the chat. You can't compare that to this. That may be the single worst image I've ever seen in a published comic book. Aw, poor Rob Liefeld. <laughs> and 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 anybody who's who's curious what what we're talking about, it's the image, the side view of Captain America that's made so famous. I think it was during the Heroes Reborn era. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what. Yeah, I'm not sure what that comes from. I think you're right. I think it is heroes because of the he doesn't have the A on his head. He's got the eagle. So yeah, I think you're right. I think that's heroes. What was that? Heroes were were born. Heroes reborn. Yeah, because it's re- return is when they reintegrated them. Right. That's that's yes. the return. Uh, yeah. 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 By then they said bye bye to Rob Liefeld. But anyway, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's always your mileage may vary. For me, for me, it's oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, like art, art is subjective, you know. So, I, I had a feeling we might get some, uh, some good discussion out of this one, and we got some spirited discussion out of it. So, hey, that was, that's good. Yeah. I think I'm going to request that we put Bill's book on hold till next time. Oh, I was going re- to request that too, because I'm exhausted. Yeah, I'm kind of beat, so I think I'm ready to call it a night. Sorry to the listeners, you don't get Bill's book, and it's not Bill's fault. It's not my fault. For what it's worth, I liked Bill's book without knowing what the hell was going on, or who any of the characters were. Well, and so. that's what I was going to, that's why I w- wanted to postpone it, because I wanted what? to at least give some context to some of the you know because there's going to be these people you're not going to know who they are what's going on and why they're important if you've never seen 
this particular iteration of this particular character in that particular and show. I, and I had, yeah, and I definitely had not. I, oh, what is it? Uh-oh, I haven't that, seen that the new picture. That last image you shared, is, that one's funny. That is funny. So if, if, if anybody <laughs> right. who's, who's listening and is curious, just keep listening because we, we do not waste books. So we will do Bill's books soon. <laughs> But I'm going to call it on that for the night, and thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. (laughs) That's my line. Your line is, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. All right, hold on. i got to chase the cat out of here. Get out of here. Go. Get out of here. I'm not feeding you. Go. 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 Here, how about a boot to the ass? Now, go. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. God damn cat.